Our theme this Advent has been preparing for a guest. And we have looked at a couple of different ways to prepare for a, a guest during the past couple of weeks. This morning, we're going to look at the angel's announcement to Mary when she gets the surprise of her life. We will note how Mary responds and see what her response can teach us. So let's read Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Let us pray. Guiding God, Without the presence of your Holy Spirit, we are hopelessly lost on this Advent journey. Come to us in this place as we gather to hear your word. Open our hearts to receive your word and our minds to understand it. Amen. We learn that Mary is a teenager from the small town of Nazareth. Nazareth was located on the northern end of the Jordan Valley between Lake Tiberias and Haifa on the Mediterranean coast. It was a small town with an estimated 400 inhabitants. The entire town was probably smaller than the number of people who call this church their home. Mary had grown up here, probably along with brothers and sisters and maybe extended relatives. And at this time, she is probably somewhere between 12 and 16 years old, since we know that she's old enough to be engaged, but she's not yet married. By this age, Mary has been working in her family home and helping her family survive for years. Her days were probably filled with tasks like gathering water from the village well, cooking, cleaning, and working. Nazareth would have had agriculture, like wheat fields, olive orchards, grape vineyards, and women often worked in the fields. This is the young woman whom Gabriel greets one day. I wonder what Mary was doing that day. She seems to be alone, or at least no one else is mentioned in the story. 
And for some reason, I have always pictured her at home. But the story and the gospel writers don't tell us that. So I wonder what Mary was doing. Was she up early, before it was light, to start the fire for her family? Was she walking to the well to draw water? Was she out in a vineyard caring for the grapevines? Maybe she's making lunch to take to her family who are all out working in the field. Whatever Mary is doing, I'm sure she was not expecting a visit from an angel of the Lord as she went about her daily tasks. Gabriel is an unexpected visitor in more ways than one. We learn that God has it quite intentionally sent Gabriel to Nazareth to Mary. And we know Gabriel's purpose. He has an important announcement to make. We don't know what Mary has done to deserve this visit, this future. But Gabriel appears and he says, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary is quite perplexed by this greeting and her confusion is quite understandable. Strange men did not talk to unmarried young women who still lived in their parents' home. They wouldn't have had any reason to talk to them. These young women were under the authority of their fathers and any conversation about the young woman would probably have happened between the men, not with the young woman herself. So of course Mary is quite startled to have this messenger from God standing before her, speaking to her. His words had to be even more confusing. Mary's family is almost certainly poor, living at subsistence level like much of the ancient world. She is most probably not a woman of wealth, of authority, or of nobility. No one ever greets her with honor. They might not even notice her. Yet Gabriel does. He greets her with words of honor. And this may literally be the first time in her life that a man has ever honored her. So Mary is perplexed at this visitor who showed up without warning and then speaks to her in ways she has never experienced. Gabriel is quite the unexpected visitor. He has an unexpected message too. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is quite the announcement. First, you're going to have a baby. Oh, and you'll name him Yeshua. It, it means the Lord saves. Also, by the way, he's going to be the son of God. And I know that the kingdoms of Israel and Judah have fallen. I know the Herodians and the Romans are on the throne of power. But that's no matter. Your baby is going to get the throne of David, who ruled over the united kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And this time, his kingdom's never going to end. Okay, this is gonna be quite the announcement for personal and apocalyptic importance. Mary's life is going to change dramatically with the announcement that Gabriel brings. She's an unmarried woman who's going to have a baby. She can't hide that from her family or anyone in her small town. What will they say? What will they do? This is not her plan. 
Mary is a good girl. She has cared for her family, and she's waiting patiently for her marriage to Joseph when she will care for her husband and their household. This baby and this unexpected future were not part of her plans. Mary has to figure out how to respond to this interruption to her life. In contrast to most of her life so far, Mary seems to have agency here. Taking Joseph as her husband was probably not her idea. It was probably arranged for her. And yet here with Gabriel, Mary's response seems to determine her future. It's her decision, not someone else's. So how does Mary respond to this unexpected visitor and this unexpected future? She could certainly not prepare in the same ways that she would have prepared for any other guest that she knew was coming because she didn't know that Gabriel would arrive. So what could Mary do to prepare to be ready when Gabriel showed up? Mary's preparations were the study of the history of God's actions in Israel. Mary would not have been able to read or write, as those were specialized skills in the ancient world, but that was less important in an oral culture that shared and passed down stories. Mary certainly knew the history of God's actions in the world. She knew of Abraham and Sarah and the miraculous birth of Isaac, of Moses and his rescue, and the miracles God performed to set the people of Israel free in Egypt, of the cloud and the pillar of fire which overshadowed Israel as they walked in the desert. Mary knew of Hannah's prayers for a baby and the gift of Samuel, of the judges who led Israel to faithfulness and repentance, of the kings who served the Lord, and of the kings who went their own ways. And she knew of God's word spoken through the prophets. Mary's whole life is steeped in the knowledge of God who does the miraculous. The miraculous is not weird for Mary, at least in concept, as her faith is based in a God who has always worked in the lives of his people. And Mary has lived those miracles year after year as her family celebrated Passover, Hanukkah, Yom Kippur, Purim, and the other festivals. The miracles are the history of her people. They are her history. And knowing and living this history means that Mary has prepared for a visitor and a message that she did not know was coming. This preparation allows Mary to respond to God with openness and to welcome God's plans for her life. She doesn't laugh like Sarah. She doesn't run away like Jonah or doubt God's ability like Zechariah. Instead, Mary asks a question. How in the world is this going to happen since there's no earthly way it's possible? And Gabriel promises that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her. This is the same language that has been used through the Old Testament to talk about the cloud of God's presence that fills the tabernacle and leads the people of Israel through the desert. The Holy Spirit overshadows the people, fills the tabernacle, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow and fill Mary, and she will be, be filled with she will be filled with the Holy Spirit and she will be with child, for nothing is impossible with God. That answer seems to be enough for Mary. She knows nothing is impossible with God. She's lived that her whole life. 
she has prepared. She knows the miracles of God, and she knows the God who performs those miracles. So Mary responds with a faithfulness and an openness that her forefathers often lacked. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary has welcomed her unexpected visitor and even more his unexpected message with its unexpected future and history will forever be changed. Mary's faithfulness is a message to us as well. Our lives are often filled with unexpected opportunities and calls from God that we are not expecting. We may not be asked to do what Mary did, but we are asked to respond in the same way that Mary did. The question is, how will we respond? Are we prepared? Have we, like Mary, deeply studied and lived the histories of God's actions in the world? Is God's history with his people also known and understood as our history? One that we also live and breathe each year through the memory and celebration of what God has done. Are we expecting God to act in the world? Are we expecting God to do the unexpected, to show up in unexpected ways in our lives? Are we expecting miracles, action, answered prayers? I suspect that Mary has often better prepared than we have. But today is a new day, and this year is a new year. We have the opportunity to begin our preparations now so that when God comes to us, we are open to God's calling, we are open to the future God has laid before us, and we have prepared in such a way that we can also say that we are a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Ask yourself today, am I prepared for an unexpected visitor? Am I prepared for an unexpected message? And what can I do to be better prepared for their arrival? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.